0: You know, it's coming upon about a full year since the coronavirus really exploded here in New York. I went back and I I checked our church YouTube page, and I found out that our first recorded service was for March 15th, 2020, meaning the last live service we had together before coronavirus shut everything down was March 8th, 2020, which is about next week. So it's been literally a year since all of us was able to gather to worship together here. Can you, been, can you believe it's been that long already? Right. For me, I remember I had only just begun working here at NCF about six weeks before everything came to a screeching halt because of the coronavirus. And because of that, you know, um, during that time I was trying to get to know you guys, get to know the people, setting up meetings, to meet what people have met, like maybe one or two of you outside of the church. And it all just stopped. And so I thought, what can I do to get to know you guys, the NTF congregation, without actually being able to meet you guys in person? And I thought, I'm just going to call everybody. I'm going to go through the roster. I'm going to call everybody and, and check in on them that was my original plan. And I told Pastor John, I, I need to get everyone's phone number so I could call them and check how they're doing. And Pastor John told me, uh, that's too many people. <laughs> that's too much work. Let's split the list. Right? I'll take care of this portion. You take this portion. And you call the people on your list and check in on them. I said, OK. And I remember I it took a long time, but I called everybody on my list. I checked in on you guys, and after uh, spending time with you on the phone, I would text you guys every so often just to make sure things were going well. And I shared this with some people. I think uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was able to learn more about you than I would have if I just spent a few minutes talking to you guys after church on Sundays, right? Because I had to check in on your health, but not just your health, your parents' health. Your business, but not just your business, your parents' business, right? How's everything going with you in the totality, totality, totality of your life? How is it? I feel like I was able to have deeper bonds being made with each and every one of you. And during these calls, I would always ask, is there anything that I could pray for you about? Do you have a prayer request that I could pray for you about? And outside of health and safety from the coronavirus, the number one prayer request that the people on my list asked for, do you guys know what it was? It was to have a deeper faith with God. To have a deeper faith with God during this trial. Right? <laughs> for, uh, to use the free time the free time that has been afforded to you intentionally to be more in the word, to pray more, to bond with God just a little bit more. You guys did not want to just sit on your butts and be lazy with your faith just because we couldn't come and join together on Sundays or join with our Oikos groups, but have that time to spend with God, to grow your faith. And so I ask you, my dear brothers and sisters, did you Did you grow your faith last year in the pandemic year? Do you think over the course course of 2020 that your faith grew? Or did it stay the same? Or hopefully not, did it go down? Where is your faith level at right now? Why is it there? And what can we do to change it to get it up on an upward swing? We all want a deeper faith in God. At least we say that as much. We all want it to grow, but are you actively seeking to do it? Are you actively working on growing your faith? And a way to do this, a way to build our faith, is shown in our passage for today. It says we need to know Jesus correctly. We need to know that Jesus is in control, and we have to put our faith into action. We need to know Jesus correctly. We need to know that Jesus is in control. And we need to put our faith into action. In our passage for today, we see the word immediately being used three times in verses 22, 27, and 31. And using these three instances of immediately, I'll try and show you how to grow your faith and develop a right faith with God. The first immediately we see is in verse 22. And it says, Immediately he... Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. So why did Jesus immediately make the disciples leave while, and sent them away while he took care of the crowd? And to know this a little better, we need to see what happened right before our passage for today. And we, if we read that portion, we find it's the story of Jesus and the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Right? And you guys probably remember this story growing up you hear it a lot uh, at church Jesus spent the entire day teaching the people he spent the entire day healing the sick that was brought to him and it got uh, later and later and the people started getting hungry and the disciples were sent to comb through the crowd to see what food was there and all they were able to find in this multitude of people was five loaves of bread and two fish and what happened? Jesus blessed it, and he broke it and broke it and broke it, and he was able to feed all that was gathered. The Bible says 5,000 men and also women and children. It was this grand, visible miracle, right? And because of that, the people were getting excited, They talk to each other like, wow, look at this guy. Look at at his teaching. Did you hear his teaching? Did you hear what he had to say? Look at his power. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't walk, but I walked out. It's crazy. And the food, where did that all come from? This guy, is, is, is is he the one? Is he going to restore the kingdom? Will he restore Israel to its glory? Remember, many people didn't fully grasp the Messiah concept. Some thought salvation was an earthly overthrow of the Roman Empire. Even the disciples, when Jesus ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, Jesus knew that these young disciples can be swayed by the crowd. Easily swayed by the crowd to go a direction that they shouldn't go in. Have you ever had this experience before? of falling into mob mentality. You know, uh, one time I, I visited Korea, and this was after I served, I did my serving in Korea. I had already moved back to the States, and for vacation, my wife and I, we went to Korea. And on this particular day, excuse me, uh, <laughs> we we're gonna go to Gangnam. And I don't remember exactly why we were going to Gangnam. Maybe we we're going to eat dinner, or we we're gonna go meet someone, but we were going to Gangnam. And so we were on a taxi, going to our destination. And all of a sudden we hit like massive traffic, massive traffic. So we looked at the map and we saw from where we were at, it's only about a five, 10 minute walk to where we needed to go. So my wife and I decided let's get out of the taxi and just walk from where we're at. We got out and we started walking and all of a sudden the, the, the street that we're going down was blocked by this massive crowd, this big group of people. Right? And I was like, man, we have an appointment. We have to go past this crowd. Why aren't they moving? And this crowd literally just stood there. And then after a few minutes, we'll walk a little bit and stand there. And after a few minutes, just walk a little bit. I was, and I started getting frustrated. Right? And this is kind of bad, but if I have to make a confession, <laughs> whenever I got frustrated while living in Korea, I, w- I would do this thing where I would just start speaking really loudly in English. And what it would do is it would kind of scare people just, just a little bit, right? So I would begin to say, what's going on? Like, what, can, excuse me, please, I need to get through. And they would turn around, they would look at me, and they would realize that he doesn't look Korean. He's probably, a, for, a foreigner's kind of go. Move, 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 the foreigner needs to get back, right? And I was like, my goodness, these people just standing around. I need to, I need to go to the front. I started making my way towards the front of the crowd and then I realized why this crowd had gathered. (laughs) Because all of a sudden I made it all the way to the front of the crowd and I looked to my left and there was a famous Korean actress by the name of Ha Ji Won. And (laughs) all of you guys at home are watching this live stream, just took out your phones and Googling Ha Ji Won to see who this person is. I got to the front, I saw and I was like, oh, (laughs) there's a famous actress, okay, that's probably why. And during this time, and Korea had this, like, uh, entertainment show where famous celebrities would w- walk down the streets of these, uh, like, big cities and just do, like, uh, interviews in the streets t- type of thing, right? And so it was a ha Ji-won's interview on the street. And right when I got to the front, I remember distinctly, the MC was like, let's all yell and chant ha Ji-won's name, <laughs> right? All of a sudden, you see this crowd just in unison, ha ji ha ji I told you, I made it to the front, right? I looked to my left, and Hajwan looked at me. We made eye contact, and I started going, hajiwan hajiwan right? The entire crowd was doing it. People were egging each other on. People were laughing. They're having this good time until my personal Jesus came and pushed me away, right? And by my personal Jesus, I mean my wife, right? What are you doing? Stop making a fool of yourself. Stop saying her name, right? And I kind of snapped out of it, like, oh. I don't know what happened. She's so beautiful now. <laughs> I just went on my way. But mob mentality is real, right? If a crowd is doing something, you get caught up in that crowd. If there's a line of people, you wonder, why is people standing in this line? And you stand in this line. So this multitude of people were saying, hey, let's make him king. Let's make Jesus, look at his power. And these young disciples, hey, maybe he should be king. Yeah, maybe he should overthrow the Roman. And Jesus knew this. Get on a boat and go to the other side. Just go to the other side and wait for me. He knew what could happen. In John's account of this story, in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 14 to 15, it says, When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. See, Jesus knew the heart and mind of the crowd. He knew how this could affect these young disciples, so he immediately sent them away. Jesus wanted to make sure that the disciples didn't follow along and put faith in Je- and only put faith in Jesus for who he really was, the Son of God, the one who would not establish just this earthly kingdom, but establish the very kingdom of God. We, too, can lose sight of who Jesus really is, When things are going really well, we lose sight of Jesus because we trust in other things. And especially when things go really, really bad, we lose sight of who Jesus is as well. We can be swayed by false prophets who distort the truth about who Jesus is. How many wolves in sheep's clothing have have we heard throughout the years? We see people use Jesus for their own personal gain. So we have to know the right Jesus. We need to know Jesus correctly, not what the world says of him, not what false teachers say of him, not a distorted image of Jesus, but the true biblical Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ. We need strong faith to know Jesus correctly, to not be swayed from here and there and follow teachings that may sound nice, but truly know Jesus well and build our faith on a solid foundation of who Jesus is, what he taught, what he came to do, and what he will ultimately do for us in the future. That Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the son of God. And Jesus wants this of us too. You know, after Jesus sent his disciples away, it says in verse 23, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. What may Jesus have been praying about You know, he could have just desired some alone time, some personal one-on-one time with the Father. But I think he was also praying for his disciples and their faith and what they were experiencing without him on the boat. John Trapp, a Puritan commentator, says this about this verse. While the disciples were periling and well-nigh perishing, Christ was praying for them. So he is still for us at the right hand of the majesty on high. Trapp is saying, Jesus here in this moment on the mountain is praying for his disciples, praying for their faith, their development, praying for them on the boat and what they're going through and what they will soon go through. But right now, in the present time, Jesus is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us and for our faith, for our growth, for all that we will go through, for that we can overcome our hardships and troubles. Warren Wearsby echoes the sentiment saying, He is in heaven interceding for you. He sees your need, he knows your fears, and he is in control of the situation. You have to know Jesus correctly and know that he is alive. And if our Jesus is alive, he's not just lounging in heaven, having grapes fed to him. No, he's praying intently for us and for our salvation that we are doing well in this world to let us know the true Jesus, and to let us know that he is in control. Jesus went and prayed. The time passed and the boat was pushed far from the land, beaten by the waves and the wind. You know what, at first read, I remember when I first read this, it seemed like just a quiet, still lake and just natural motions of the water was just pushing this boat out. But it's actually a storm that the disciples are in. They're once again facing the storm. And in verse 25, it says, it's now the fourth watch, which is sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And at that time, Jesus walked out to his disciples. It's the middle of the night. The disciples are wrestling the storm, and now they see this figure walking towards them, and they freak out. I think all of us would, too. If we're on a boat, it's late at night, and we see a figure coming out. In their mind, they probably thought, you know what, we need to get back to safety and pick up, our Lord, we got to get him from the mountainside. They probably didn't think, eh, he'll probably walk out to us. They thought, we need to go back to shore to get him. Seeing this figure, they got scared and they yelled out, it's a ghost. But knowing their fear, Jesus calls him in immediately. Our second immediately, verse 27 reads, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Immediately, Jesus reassured them, that it is I can literally literally be translated as I am. Jesus says, take heart, I am. Do not be afraid. And where have we seen I am before in the Bible? Well, it's Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when God speaks with Moses in the burning bush. This is what it says. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Jesus is God, and Jesus is there in your life, in the good and the bad. He is there in your troubles. God was with Moses as he led the Israelites out of Egypt. He was in control of that hardship. Jesus was with the disciples as they wrestled this storm in the boat. Jesus was there and in control of their hardships. And now our God is there with you and in control of all of your hardships. With our faith, we need to know that Jesus is in control of our lives, that God is in control of our lives, that the I am is in control of our lives. The creator, the one from the beginning throughout history is with us now and forever. Our faith needs to be strong enough to remind us of this fact. And there are a lot of hardships in life. If I was to ask you, are you struggling with anything right now? I'm sure you will have a whole list of things to present to me. Right? The pandemic, you're struggling with the pandemic, struggling with health, you're so scared about this and that, financial strains, relationship strains, Hardships at home, Hardships at school, hardship studying, hardship working, pent-up anger and stress. Sometimes everything just seems to be falling apart as if our life is in this perpetual storm and we're continually getting bashed on by the winds and the waves and we're getting further and further pushed out by the storm, further away. Jesus, nothing is going right and it's scary but remember Jesus is there to take away that fear immediately what did Jesus do when the disciples were in the storm he came to them and reassured them in verse 26 it says of the disciples that they were terrified but in verse 27 Jesus says to the disciples do not be afraid our faith should help us know that Jesus is in control. And when we know Jesus correctly, we should know that whatever that seems scary can be overcome by, by Jesus, that he is there in any and all situations, that our Jesus will come to us. Parents in here, have you had this experience before? You're, you're sleeping in bed, it's the middle of night, and you're you're... All of a sudden, you're jolted awake by the sound of your child crying. You rush to their room, and you say, what is it? What's wrong? And they say, I had a bad dream. What do you do? Do you say, don't wake me up for that. I got a a big day tomorrow. It's just a dream. Just Go back to bed. No, we don't do that. We lay down with them. We hold them. We caress them. We reassure them everything's going to be okay. It's just a dream. And we say, well, I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. Mommy's here is here. It's okay. You rush over and tell them, do not be afraid. And that is Jesus to us. When things are going bad in life, Jesus is there, standing there, rushing here, saying, do not be afraid. It is okay. It's gonna be okay. And we need the faith to recognize this. And when we have faith that Jesus is the King of Kings, Lord over all things, and we have faith that He is in control of all things, and when we have faith that Jesus is there, then our faith can be put into action. The disciples heard Jesus' voice telling them, do not be afraid. And Peter calls, Lord. Right, he says, Lord. And that's the correct title. But with a little doubt, he says, if it, if it is you, command me to come on the water. And Jesus calls out to him, come. Come. A command is given and peter gets out of the boat and follows jesus's command you see here jesus calls to peter peter asks for a command and receives it and what does peter do he obeys and he goes see jesus knew that peter was capable of following through with this command given to him we need to know that God has commanded things of us as well and desires for us to follow through on them because he knows that we have the faith to do it. We are able to do it. Peter walked out of the boat, and after a little bit, he saw the waves and he fell into the water. He cries for help, and immediately Jesus reaches out to him. He wavered when he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he saw the wave when he saw what was happening around him. Verse 31 says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus is there, ready to save. Jesus is there to help us grow our faith. He commands us to do things to grow our faith. The purpose that Jesus was away on the mountain to have the disciples battle the storm in the boat by themselves was to grow their faith. You may recall the story of Jesus calming the storm. It happens in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23-27. to And there is a short story of disciples on a boat with Jesus. They're all on the boat together. They're on the sea. And a storm comes, and everything's just falling apart, and the disciples get so scared... But what was Jesus doing? He was was sleeping. They rush over, Lord, we're going to die. Wake up, save us. And Jesus calms the sea. And at that time too, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 25, Jesus says, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? He rebukes the wind and the sea and he calms the storm. Jesus was with disciples then. They saw his power and marveled at it. that the winds and the waves obey him. And now Jesus has left them on the boat alone to grow their faith. Remember what happened before? Remember the power that I have? Don't worry. You can handle this. You can handle this. John Piper says, All of our hardships are designed to make our faith stronger, to make us rely more on God. But the storm was still scary. Even if we go through things in the past, it doesn't mean that our current hardships are any less easier to deal with. They're still stressful. They're still scary. But Jesus wanted them to grow their faith. In the middle of the storm, Peter walks out on water towards Jesus. A lot of times in the story, we marvel at the fact that Jesus walked on water. But he's God. He can do that. For me, what's more amazing is that Peter... A man walked on water. And he was able to do that with his faith. Warren Wiersbe again says, Now our center of interest shifts to Peter. And before we criticize Peter for sinking, let's honor him for his magnificent demonstration of faith. He dared to be different. Anybody could sit in the boat and watch, but it takes a person of real faith to leave the boat and walk on the water. What does this tell us? Oh, you of little faith, that the little faith that Peter had helped him walk on water. With the little faith that you have, you can do a lot more than you think you're capable of. All believers in here, you can do immeasurably more than what you give yourself credit for. With little faith, Peter got out of the boat. With little faith, Peter trusted and he went. With little faith, Peter walked on water. Your faith has more power than you realize. Instead of thinking of the lack of faith that you may have, think about, put your faith in Jesus and have him fill in wherever you think you lack. We too are commanded with a lot, just like Peter was to come. We're commanded with a lot to love, to serve, to evangelize, to teach. The excuse we give is, we're not ready yet. We don't have enough knowledge of the Bible yet. We don't have enough faith yet. Let me ask you, do you have a lot of faith? Do you have the right amount of faith? Do you have even just a little faith? Because even with a little faith, Peter walked on water. He fell in. And that failure, if you want to call it that, is not held against him. Rather, Peter builds on this experience. He does more. He fails again. But he does more. He denies Jesus. But ultimately, he becomes the rock on which the church is built. You too, with your little faith, can do amazing things to serve God and follow his commands. So do something. Use it and grow. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Peter walked on water, but he fell when he looked at the waves. Don't stare at the hardships and the situations that you are in or that you may face when you serve God. The other disciples did that and they stayed on the boat. But with your faith, put your focus on Jesus and see the wonders that you are able to do. See how God can use you with your little faith. So what do we do? What must we remember? We must know Jesus correctly. We have to have a correct faith in him. How? It's simple. (laughs) You read the Bible. You pray. You sit under correct teachings. You listen and you be attentive to the sermons that's given. You join an oikos group to build your faith and know Jesus and encourage fellow believers. Know who Jesus is the Son of God who was with God before creation, who in obedience was sent by God to earth in human form to restore a right relationship between God and His creation, who died and resurrected for our sins so that if we believe and have faith, we will have eternal life and salvation in heaven. Remember that Jesus right now is in heaven praying for you, interceding for you on your behalf and on for the development of your faith. And when we do this, When you remember this, it will help us know that Jesus is in control. Our Bible tells us as much. Our pastors tell us as much. Our Christian friends will remind us of this fact whenever we waver. Jesus, too, is personally coming to you and letting you know he is there in the storms of your life. And when we know Jesus correctly, and when we know Jesus is in control, this should give us at least a little faith. And know what even that, you can follow the commands and do so much and watch your faith strengthen, develop, and grow. And when we do this and experience our faith working in our daily life, our faith, deep, faith deepens. Do you want to use your time intentionally? <laughs> the prayer request that began one year ago, read the Bible, pray, Spend time with fellow believers. Use your faith to serve. What are our core values? What's our NCF core values? Pastor John is going over them every week in his sermon series of NCF core values. Holy Scriptures. Read the Scriptures to develop faith. Grow up your faith. Oikos to maintain faith and evangelize. You share your faith. Mets. Members equipped to serve. Faith to equip you to serve. Use your faith to engage the world, world worldview, serve the poor, experience your faith in action, partner with others. Stay tuned for next week. Connect your faith to common believers, our core values. That's what we're about here, growing our faith and then using our faith. During the pandemic, Pew Research Center conducted a survey asking people how their faith was. So this survey was conducted last year, and the results showed 24% of U.S. adults said their faith became stronger during the coronavirus pandemic, while only 2% said their faith became weaker. They found the most religious Americans, those who frequently pray and attend services, at least in typical times, and who rate religion as very important to them, are far more likely than others to say their faith has grown stronger as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. In other words... The self-reported strengthening of religious faith has been most pronounced within a segment of the public that was already quite religious to begin with. Your Bible study teachers and your pastors all throughout your life was right. Simple actions of prayer, reading the Bible, and coming to church helped people maintain and strengthen their faith even in a difficult year like 2020. Those who had a strong faith to begin with, those who held their faith as very important, who prayed and went to church, had their faith strengthened even during a global pandemic. Brothers and sisters, grow up. Grow up. Know Jesus correctly and know he is in control. Know your faith can do more than you imagine. And then go out. Put your faith in action. It's not enough to have faith and keep it for yourself. It needs to be put into action. Grow up your faith, then go out with your faith. Get out of the boat and walk on water. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you for being our God. We thank you for allowing us to worship you today. And Lord, I thank you for all the brothers and sisters who are gathered here or watching at home, that they desire a deeper faith with you. And I hope at least that they desire I pray, oh Lord, that you'll hear them in their cries and that you will help them and reassure them that you are there working in their faith development as well, that you are praying, interceding for them, that you're coming out to them, that you're willing to help them grow. And help us do our part by even doing simple tasks of reading the Bible, praying, observing Sunday worship, Lord Father, and help us to become a body of believers who encourage one another and truly to grow up and go out with the gospel, Lord. We thank you. In your Son, name we pray. Amen. And now we come to the portion of our worship where we...